Hey everyone, welcome back. Brand new episode of What's Good. Greg Meskel here with you today. I want to remind you, make sure you like, subscribe, rate, What's Good, iTunes, and Spotify. Great guest here today, good friend of mine, a former Westwood One colleague, does some great work on the radio and TV. Tim Murray. Tim, thanks for being here. Of course, man. Uh, it's uh, it's crazy uh, on, under these circumstances. Uh, I know you're, you're usually the guy traveling around and now uh, I'm out in Las Vegas. Last time we met, we were uh, sitting at a bar in Washington, D.C. and now we're uh, chatting and I'm sitting here in a desert. And, and as you mentioned, the desert, uh, relatively new position. It's it's hard to gauge in the pandemic. You've been there a little while, but it all feels new because the last nine months have been some weird time warp, but you're win with VEASAN Live, the sports betting network in Las Vegas, really on the come up, that whole product. And I know people in the sports betting world are very excited about it, but congrats on the gig and kind of just tell us a bit about your role there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, things uh, to go backtrack a little bit. I was uh, I was hosting a, a show on NBC Sports Radio uh, that eventually became a simulcast on uh, on four regionals and NBC Sports, which was tremendous. I loved the show. People I was working with, uh, everyone behind the scenes, and uh, you know, um, can't cry over spilled milk. It was out of everyone's hands, and and what we've been dealing with. Um, you know, actually, it was. Uh, NBC Sports Radio prior to the pandemic, uh, the partnership they had uh, fell apart. Uh, long story short, the, the show unfortunately was dissolved. So I was kind of trying to figure out what was going to ultimately happen, Greg. And, um, you know, VSIN was interested and um, they found out I was available. And, uh, you know, I'm very, very lucky uh, to get hooked up with this uh, with this company. And uh, just Honestly, the sports gambling side of things, and we can maybe even dive into that, has really been a lifesaver for me, uh, for my career. But, you know, for VSIN, I've been out here since uh, September 1st, uh, drove across country with the dog, which was, uh, which was something. And, uh, you know, my role was uh, kind of up in the air. They, they knew I wanted, they wanted me on, on somewhere on the network. They were, you know, uh, you know interested and, and brought me out. And then ultimately I landed uh, pretty regularly on, uh, on their afternoon drive show. Uh, which is called My Guys in the Desert, which was uh, Brent Musburger's original show. Brent Musburger really is the face of the network, still is, uh, but he's getting up there in age, and he's the voice of the Raiders. So uh, I don't know if he wanted. He still comes on the the network quite a bit, and um, you know he is really the the godfather of of not only talking about gambling on uh, on on just television, but you know, really spearheaded this idea. So yeah, it's been great. Uh, been here a little over three months and uh, hoping to keep this momentum rolling. I mean, it's one of the few things, Greg, that uh, in the midst of all of this, you know, the sports gambling landscape continues to thrive, which is really, uh, which is really exciting. And, uh, you know, we just had election day uh, and more states uh, voted to legalize sports gambling, including the state that I used to live in, Maryland, which is exciting for the folks back there. So it's a it's an exciting time, and uh, you're starting to see it more and more. People are just getting involved in it, and uh, and that's where I'm uh, kind of fortunate to uh, I wouldn't say been on the forefront, but uh, just to be in it early enough to to kind of uh, catapult here and, and land in Las Vegas. You know, it's funny you mentioned three months and being this time warp. You could have told me nine months. I would have believed it. Eight months. Uh, that, that's how jumbled things are. But I love that you kind of talked about kind of the growth of this and 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 being in in early. It reminds me a little bit of talking with some folks that work in esports, right? It's like if you had gotten into that maybe a couple of years ago, that has really started to ride a wave lately. And the same thing's happening with sports betting. And, and I'm glad you brought up Brett Musburger. And I think of him and Al Michaels. 
these were guys that would kind of tongue in cheek reference lines and spreads and overs and unders, but it was a little like taboo. Like you'd have to really be paying attention. Like, Hey, did you notice in the third quarter, he, he made a veiled reference to that. And now it's much more in the forefront. What's in your opinion, kind of this whole rise looked like and, and is it, is it just purely the legalization that has opened the door for more people to be comfortable talking about it? I think it's a lot of things. And uh, you mentioned Brent and Al, obviously more of the OGs of this whole thing. And then, um, you know, Scott Van Pelt has been a massive yes, yes. I can't, I can't boom for this. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, think about Monday Night Football, right? The crazy end there to the Ravens and Browns game. And uh, if, if we don't know, if there's no line on that game, we don't talk about that bizarre safety, but uh, the bad beats segment, uh, as, as funny as it is, and it's a tremendous segment between, you know, Van Pelt and Stanford, Steve, and they do such a great job with it. It has really, uh, brought up the idea of, of these lines and, and popular pop made them more popular for people to know. And as soon as you see something crazy, like that happened, Greg, immediately, most people, not all, but most people think, what was the line? Did it affect the line? And exactly on Monday night, that crazy safety affected the line. So, you know, the Ohio State Northwestern game, however many years ago, when Brent Musburger had the uh, infamous call of, um, I, I'm going to butcher it, but something to the effect of, you know, that play meant meant a lot to some people. You know, that might have went over a lot of people's heads however long ago. Now it doesn't. And, uh, and that's where we are. But, you know, the legalization has certainly helped. Um, you know, you look at, uh, I know you're on the East Coast. I mean, New Jersey was chomping at the bit, and their handle has been just astronomical every single month. Um, you know, they they continue to thrive, and you're seeing more and more states. Illinois is big. Uh, it's, it's all over the place. So uh, I think that has helped. And, uh, you know, I think networks recognizing, you know, it took a while to get into the fantasy sports, right? People were like, I don't know about fantasy. And then people dove in, and now it's a big thing. Took a little bit of a while. Tiptoe. Hank Greenberg used to do a segment right, right on Sunday Sports Center, and you're like, "What spread? What's going on here?" And now I, I think it's a matter of time before you're starting to see it involved more and more. And uh, you're seeing it a little bit. I know. Um, I think NBC has been just kind of um, I wouldn't say nonchalantly, but a couple times in these golf tournaments, they'll throw out live odds, and it's really starting to get click into people's minds. And you know, once. Once ESPN gets involved in something, Greg, then you know it's okay. And uh, the fact that they've built a studio, uh, if you if you turn on, I think, ESPN News at 24-7, they've got spreads on it. So it, that's where we're going. And, uh, and, and obviously, it makes a lot of money. So, you know, you look at the money that's coming in via sports gambling. It's always been there, but it was always, you know, under the radar, exotic locations. And now you can do it legally. So uh, I think these TV networks are recognizing the importance and how much money is involved in uh, sports gambling. Yeah, there were many folks that were accessing websites in far-flung countries years ago to try yeah. and find a line on a game and place a bet. You mentioned New Jersey, just right in my own uh, former backyard, Monmouth Racetrack, right near Monmouth University. Mm -hmm. They opened up a William Hill sports book, has been part of kind of really getting people engaged and involved. Talked about ESPN. I think a guy we both know, Doug Kazarian, right out. Oh, out, yeah. Just now doing doing good work there in kind of the same space. And so, yeah, it really has uh, opened up a lot of doors. And you hit on a lot of things. I think the Bad Beat segment is so interesting and fun to watch, too. It's probably more fun if you have no money on what went wrong or what was the bad beat. But it's also a very easy explainer. I think mm -hmm. for a lot of people, it looked a little 
hard to understand in the past. Maybe if you ever went to a Vegas casino or an AC, right, you'd see the lines and things like that. And maybe unsure of what does that mean? Plus this minus that, but when they break it down and I, and this is a lot of what you guys are able to do too, right? It's a little bit easier to digest. Here's this scenario. Let me explain what was going on. And now here's why the person who had money in one direction does not feel good today. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely right. It's, it's not the most complicated thing. Now it's complicated and hard to win. So, you know, that's the thing too, is, um, you know, bet within your means. Uh, I always tell people, look, if you, if you want to, uh, Patrick Everson, he writes for covers.com. He's so great at what he does. And I, I think his mindset's great. He, he always says a little Chili's money. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to go crazy. You know, look, you're going to hear about the the people who lie about, you know, I put a thousand dollars and there are people who do that and uh, they're really good at what they do. But with, like with all things, when it comes to gambling, you have to be ready to lose because the, the best gamblers in the world win at like a 55% clip overall. Now they might have a hot streak. You might have a great week, but your bad week is coming. And you know, that that's what you have to know. But um, yeah, it, it is, once you look at those, you're like minus seven. What does that mean? It, it you know, the, the line is the great equalizer. And, and that's something um, that I do think people are becoming a little bit more comfortable with. And it's funny. I mean, I've had, not that I am some, you know, guru when it comes to sports gambling, but I just, I, this is what I do every day. I just stare at lines and all that stuff, you know, and I have had uh, anchors, uh, sports anchors reach out to me and just kind of say, Hey, I know this is the way it's trending. You know, tell me a little bit about, you know, why it's set this way, the over under, and, you know, you're starting to see that a little bit more, which I think is good. You know, I mean, people, this is, this is the way, uh, you know, sports is going. And I, I don't, I don't necessarily think Greg that it's going to, you know, it's, I don't think it, it necessarily it's going to change the way Sports Center is done. I think so. We'll look at highlights and and who won, who lost, but it'll just it's an added wrinkle uh, into the way we look at sports each and every day. I, I liked how you talked about having to kind of give a little bit of a primer on this to maybe folks that aren't into it because that was going to be one of my next questions. So as this grows, more people are going to want to get involved. They're going to want to understand it. If someone runs into you somewhere, right? And they say, Hey, what do you do? You know, I'm, I'm with Vison Live. I, I talk about this. Do you have like your 30 second elevator pitch for someone that is maybe interested in getting involved? Is there like your quick explainer of, of what this is and how you can understand it? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I would say um, my, my, the biggest thing, the reason that I got initially hooked on, uh, on sports gambling was um, you know, one of, one of SVP's best friends is a really good friend of mine and, and really a mentor of some, uh, he's in DC radio, his name's Kevin Sheehan. And he used to do this segment called the smell test. And, you know, I didn't bet in college. Uh, I know a lot of people did. I never really bet in college. I did fantasy football and all that stuff, pools, college basketball pools, whatever, but never really looked at the lines. But once I started working uh, at that radio station, he was doing this segment. It, it, it really sparked an interest because, Sometimes you'll look at a line. I don't know if there's a good one this weekend. I'll, I'll use um, Coastal Carolina, UL Lafayette, for, for example, the Sun Belt Championship. Uh, this game, Coastal Carolina is at home, um, and they are a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite. And I think a lot of people will look at that line and say, wow, you have an 11-0 team. They're unbelievable. You know, this is, this is so easy. And I always just say, trust in Vegas. If the line stinks a little bit, now this isn't – no, there is nothing in sports gambling that is that is 
always going to hit. That's impossible. There's nothing that, that you know, the, once again, the spreads are the great equalizer. But if the line seems too good to be true, sometimes and it is too good to be true. So that would be, uh, that would be the way I would look at it. But, you know, I, I also just look at it too. You know, I played college hoops. Greg, you're, you know, with the, you know, U.S. water polo athletic guy too. It, it's just a way to be a little bit more competitive. Um, you know, a couple bucks you want to win. But, you know, for me, when I give out picks on the show – I just, I want to be right. So that's the biggest thing. So it's, it can kind of, it's a way that I found the, the keep the competitive juices flowing a little bit. If that makes sense. It, it totally does. And I was wondering, do you not necessarily have to be in it to win it? Cause you do when it comes to gambling, but I mean, talking about doing your job, right. To, to successfully explain this and be engaged in this community. Do you feel like you need to be regularly placing bets so that you're like in it with everybody? I, I do personally, um, but I, I don't think that you have to. I, I just feel like if now, once again, our, our network isn't all about, you know, giving out picks. It's putting out the information for you to decide what you want to do with said information. Now, I will make a pick and I will bet on that play. I, I will never say I like Coastal Carolina to win and then not bet it. Now, once again. However much you want to bet it, however much I want to bet it, that's completely up to you. If you want to put a dollar on it, a thousand dollars, that's completely up to you. But I feel like it's a little bit more genuine if I were to lose and then, you know, I come on the show and I'm, I'm bent out of shape about it. But you can't make a play on every single game. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, NFL, college basketball. I mean, think about it too, Greg. NFL is the tightest market out there. I mean, it is the, the margins are razor thin. So that's where... Uh, you have to, you know, keep your mind. I mean, these these odds makers are trying to win money. They they and they do win money a lot of the time. So you know, keep that in mind. But yeah, I do ultimately bet if I give out a pick on the show or on Twitter or something like that, I will. But yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing too is we're not as a network just you know for two hours. I'm not going through the NFL board <laughs> making picks, you know, and, and sides. You know, we're giving out information. We're having guests on to inform you. And if you like something you hear, because we'll have guests, we'll have hosts that obviously are going to differ in opinions. Uh, so it's it's up to the viewer to decide what they want to do with that. Does something cancel it out? So, you know, that's kind of the interesting thing. My, our EP, uh, really, our executive producer, um, his mindset of our network is we want to be the CNBC of sports gambling, which is we want to give you the information and then you decide what you want to do with that. Oh, that's a great, that's a great comparison. And, and the show you previously described, I think that was an old Mike and the mad dog from New York city, where they would just go down the line and say, yeah. spreads this, 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 uh, you've only been there a couple of months at, at, at a decent live, but, uh, and I, and I know, as you just said, it's not just all picks, but is there, is there a pick you've made in the last three months that you're still riding high about that maybe others didn't think, but you kind of went out there a little bit on a limb and it worked out. Yeah, this past week has been rough. It's been a it's been a cold stretch here for me. But uh, <laughs> early on in the college hoop season, when they had the uh, Champions Classic, it was Michigan State at Duke, and then Kentucky against Kansas. And uh, you know there are different ways. I am not a big parlay guy because I always feel like the variance there. You know, I always say parlays are for suckers. Parlays, for those who don't know, is when you pair enough a bunch of games together and it gives you better odds, but bookmakers love when you come up with a parlay because they're going to win more often than not because you need these things all to happen in order for that bet to come home but uh michigan state was a short dog at duke 
Kansas was a slight favorite over Kentucky. You know, the funny thing when I looked at that, those two games, I, I liked both of them, but I didn't like uh, Kansas laying, I think they were laying four. So I was like, okay, uh, but I don't really love, you know, you can always play a game on the money line. And what that means is you could pay more juice, which is, let's just say minus 140, you would have to pay $140. That's just the rate to win a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked, uh, I liked Michigan state quite a bit. So what I did was I did a money line parlay, eliminating the spreads, put them together. It was about plus 285. You bet hundred, you win 285. So that came home. So that was nice. And then we'll see, Greg, um, I've got the ticket right here. Uh, Alabama five to one to win the national championship. Uh, so I'm, I'm holding on to that bad boy because they have, uh, they have certainly exceeded my expectations of how well they've played. So preseason, I just felt like they were the same, if not better than Ohio state and Clemson, but the odds were short or longer. So I ended up playing a five to one future on Alabama. So we'll see if that one comes home. Well, best of luck to you there. <laughs> you, you held up a ticket every now and again on Twitter, a ticket will surface that seems so far-fetched it. Mm-hmm. Like you said it, right. It's not just a parlay of a couple of games. It's a lot strung together. Do you find most times those are bogus? Is Are people just putting out fake things to try and generate traction on Twitter? Or are people really hitting on some of these bizarre bets? Well, I don't think they're bogus. I just think what they are is lottery tickets. People win the lottery, yeah. um, you know. But how many times did that person put together a 15-leg parlay? They've probably <laughs> lost on it 150 times. But, yeah, once you hit, it's great. Um yeah, that's an interesting thing about, uh, you know, gambling Twitter. I, I don't mind it. I think it's interesting. Um, but it, it, I don't know if it gives people false hope that these types of things hit more often than not. And honestly, books don't mind. You know, that's been interesting being out here, getting relationships with the guys behind the counter. Um, you know, they're, they're great people. They, they, love, they love the promotion uh, because they want you in the door. And you know, uh, I'll give a quick example. They tweeted it out at the South Point Casino where one of our studios is. Um, a gentleman came in, hit a 10-leg parlay, $100 parlay. I think he hit, you know, got like 60 grand. And they they were happy for him. You know, they, it wasn't something where they were upset because the promotion of that brings in more people. Mm-hmm. You as a, as a house, you have to be willing to lose because when you lose – it just lures them back in. So ultimately they play the long game. They'll win, uh, but they don't mind people winning from time to time, having good weekends. It's going to happen. There are still some states, right, that have not legalized this. There are still some kind of uh, walls up, right? For example, I was at the MAC basketball tournament. It was held in Atlantic City. At the sports book, you couldn't bet on any game that was taking place in Atlantic City, right? Anything that was happening in New Jersey while there. You, you can bet on anything else you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Long-term, where, where, what's, the, what's the future of all this? Do, do more regulations come down and it becomes a thing where you're literally at a game and there's kiosks like near your seat? I mean, do you, do you see it just, it feels like it's going to continue to expand, but I'm curious your thoughts. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, uh, my hometown, Washington, D.C., uh, they took out, if anyone's ever been to the Verizon Center or whatever, Capital One Arena, um, <laughs> They took out the green turtle that was there, and now it's a sports book. So it is, uh, I, you know, I, I'll be honest. I, I've said this a bunch, and um, I think what would help, I won't say save, um, but I think what would help baseball, you know, I, I, I am 
not a big fan of, of the current commissioner. I think he's made some really terrible decisions. What he's doing to minor league baseball is, Brutal. is criminal. Um, and, uh, you know, everyone's always about let's a faster pace. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's get younger people interested about the game. You know what, in my opinion, would get people interested, younger people, people coming out of college in college legal have gambling in the stadium. You know, just a little something. I'm not saying this needs to be, you know, $100,000, but, you know, Greg, when you were in college, when I was in college, if we go to a baseball game and we could pull out our phones, you know, who's going to hit the next home run, put down five bucks. I just think to me, that would make it really more intriguing. And, uh, you know, the younger generation, look, I grew up as a baseball guy in a baseball family. So I love baseball. I could sit and watch a four hour pitchers duel and, and be pleasantly happy. But there's not a lot of people who, who like that. They like NBA. They, they, they like football, obviously. They like the action. So if you involve in-game betting in, uh, in these stadiums, uh, for baseball in particular, I really think that would be beneficial. I've been saying that for a while. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Um, but I think in the states that have it legalized, if you could have a hot spot, let's just say William Hill, just to use them for example, you know, William Hill hot spot in the stadium, maybe you make it a little section. I just think that would be really interesting. I think that personally would attract the younger demographic, the 18 to 32 or whatever into a stadium. So I, I think it is um, ultimately going to, um, you know, ultimately help out. And, uh, you know, the, the Nevada Gaming Commission, from, from what I've started to learn, I mean, these guys don't mess around. You know, people just assume everyone's going to be on the take and all this stuff. You know, you there are not a lot of things you can bet on in Nevada that you have to be able to prove it. So what that means is basically buy a box score, something that can't you know, free agency isn't a you can't bet on free agency uh, in Las Vegas or in the state of Nevada. So, yeah, the, the regulations will get strict, but I, I do think ultimately, yeah, we're heading in that direction. And um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting discussion. Um, you know, states, Greg, saying that you can't bet on team, like you can't bet on Rutgers in New Jersey. Yeah. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I understand it. Um, but uh, yeah, so that, that'll be, I just think there's an assumption that everyone's going to be on the take. And I, I don't, especially in the pros, these guys make so much money. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, are they, yeah, you have to be yeah. offering a lot of money. Yeah. Giannis just signed $228 million contract. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to be on the take for a, you know, 10,000 bucks or something. Yeah. And your baseball plan though, is one that I would, I would bet on going forward because as you see certain stadiums, uh, I saw it at Petco Park in San Diego, at the Oakland A's, at the Coliseum. They've they've carved out these areas now that are just social gathering places. Mm -hmm. the, the younger crowd that goes to a game, I'm right there with you, right? I can hang out with my dad and watch a game for four hours and, and take it all in. But a lot of people, when they go, it's a group outing. Essentially, they're they're basically going to like a sports bar where a live game is taking place. The more that you add those elements, I think that would lead to bigger crowds for that, say, 30 and under MLB potential audience. But um, you know, they they tend to move a little bit slower yeah. than the rest of the leagues, to put it to put it mildly. Um, just a couple of more things for you, Tim. I want I want to get off the uh, VCN for a minute here before we let you go. Uh, we had the chance to do Winter Olympics. Just yeah. want to look back at that as as we're closing in on another one here uh, in a couple of years in Beijing. But Highlight moment for you there uh, in in Pyeongchang. Is there one thing that stands out? Yeah, oh man, it was such a blast. Uh, incredible, uh, just how that came together. I was such a I was a last minute addition. Um, someone had dropped out, and uh, initially, I 
I just wanted to be part of the uh, network out of New York, do some updates. And, uh, and then it, it really escalated quickly. And uh, Mike Eby, who ran the show down there in Pyeongchang said, Hey man, you want to, you want to come down. So uh, I just tried to soak it all in as much as possible. Um, you know, being, I'll, I'll give you two. I was studio side, wasn't in the arena, but uh, for the United States women's hockey team to win gold, to be part of that, just to, just even just on the radio, um, you know, that was really great. Um, what a, what a uh, achievement there. It was kind of, everyone knew that this was going to be a great game. It goes to a shootout, uh, as, as thrilling as it could have been. So to be there for that was, uh, was tremendous. I wasn't in the arena, as I mentioned, I was back studio side in the IBC, but you know, I still have that, um, that tape and I'll never get rid of it. I mean, it was so cool. And I know you've got a similar moment, you know, calling Sean White's gold medal, which is remarkable. Uh, the second one was, uh, I, I guess, being there was pretty cool. Um, you know, the way it worked out, for those who don't know, you know, Greg, you were doing uh, snowboarding and events out there. Um, uh, Ryan Radke was doing uh, downhill skiing. Uh, Patrick Keenis was doing figure skating. And I was kind of the nomad, just kind of like, hey, you know, and not in a bad way, right? Like the United States is really good at a lot of those events. Um, the United States is not so great at, a decathlon and uh or skiathlon whatever you know long so i just kind of went to whatever um and and they've never been really good at curling and that fell just in a, a soft spot in the schedule and then the united states men just got red hot and i was there when they won the gold medal in just stunning fashion this you know rise out of nowhere and and uh, we got to, i got to know those guys a little bit they were familiar with me so you know, having them come through the line uh, after after that was really great. Um, just to uh, just to see them with their gold medals, and then real quickly, another one. You know, we I was on the broadcast team for the hockey games, as I mentioned, women's hockey and the men's hockey. The United States men weren't very good, um, but because there was no professionals there, uh, a team like Germany um, was just kind of this this Cinderella, and. Um, no NHL players meant that there was just easier access. So I ended up getting, um, you know, a one-on-one -on -one with Germany's head coach after they had won the semifinal to play in the gold medal game and uh, to be able to clip that off and have that for the net on the broadcast was pretty cool. So yeah, those stories uh, were really, really great. And uh, it was, I don't know if it was once in a lifetime, I would love to do another one, but if it, if that was it, I mean, it was, it was as cool as I could have, uh, as I could have hoped for. And as a, as a radio nerd, um, being part of Westwood one's broadcast was, was really a crowning achievement in my career. Yeah, no, that was definitely a, a super cool moment. And, and it's, and it's those stories, you know, and, and, and I love pro sports as much as everyone else, but you just get a different, different energy, different vibe, different story mm -hmm. at the Olympic games that is hard to replicate. So uh, it was, it was, it was very, very cool for sure. And it was fun to hear you do those things as well in person, be able to hear them back and all that. Um, another, another cool gig you have uh, doing mornings uh, for the hog in Milwaukee. Uh, just tell us a little bit about, about that. And it's, it's another thing that I think uh, you've been really uh, quick to embrace and they've embraced you back and just tell us about it a bit. Yeah. It, it's such a, such a, 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 you know, it's random when people hear it, but man, it, it's such an incredible gig to be a part of. Uh, Bob and Brian is the morning show on 1029 The Hog in Milwaukee. Uh, they've been doing it for over 30 plus years. And uh, man, they, that, that community has embraced me uh, with open arms, which has been tremendous. Uh, the first ever sports guy they had, believe it or not, was uh, Dan Patrick, 
Um, oh, wow. yeah. He's he's graduated to some bigger and better things. <laughs> um, uh, but they had a previous sports guy's name, Steve Zabin. And uh, I knew him. I worked on his show. I uh, was his update anchor for quite some time. And, and through that, I got to know the Bob and Brian folks a little bit, but I also got to know people who, who knew them well. So long story short, uh, Zabe ended up leaving um, to go to do something else in Milwaukee. And uh, they were, they were left there with a void and, you know, they, they gave me a shot and uh, I had, I had hung out with them maybe once before. And, uh, you know, we just vibe together real quick. Uh, they're, you know, it's funny. Uh, I mean, I'm in my thirties there, I think either late fifties, early sixties, but they're, they're young at heart, but you know, they enjoy me kind of ripping on them and them going back and forth. And, uh, yeah, it, it's been spectacular. It's been so much fun. I can't believe I've been doing it for over two years now. And, um, you know, their, their fan base is so strong. They go to a, they go to an exotic location every year, do live uh, shows there. We went to Costa Rica last year, um, and having everyone come up to me and really, uh, embracing me was, was, was something, uh, was, was really neat. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And, uh, you know, my wife joked, uh, when, when I was back in Maryland, she must've been off work one day and I came out of my, uh, our guest bedroom at the time where my studio was, and she said, that's all you do. I said, yeah, she goes, never <laughs> lose that gig. I said, yeah. okay. So, it is. A, it's a great gig, great people, and uh, just super fun to work with. And, uh, you know, they've been fortunate to do it for as long as they have, and, and they've embraced me, which has been awesome. So it, it's, been a, it's been a perfect marriage so far. And that's awesome. So, so they go on these trips. So will a bunch of, like, fans of the mm -hmm. show, everyone travels yeah. and does, like, a joint vacation? Yeah, it's called the Spring Bend. Unfortunately, we're not going to do it this yeah. year. It's usually in March. Uh, I can't remember if they've done it for five, six years. Um, you know, they go somewhere warm, remember Milwaukee. So it's cold sure. in March. Uh, so yeah, we went to Costa Rica last year. That was my first year with them to do it. They've done Jamaica. Uh, they've done other, uh, locations. Um, yeah. They, so they go down, they do, uh, they do the show for, from there. And, uh, and then you just hang out all day. You know, you just hang out with the show. Uh, there's myself, there's uh Carrie who does traffic and news for them. Rock is their, uh, their producer. I mean, that's the cool thing. It is outside of me being the new addition. I mean, they've been together forever uh, in addition, you know, the producer and, uh, and Carrie as well. So, um, but you know, once you're down there, everyone's just kind of a big family and it's, it's just been a, it's just a party for a week. It's wild, man. They, they get after it. <laughs> People <laughs> from awesome. Wisconsin know how to party. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you have the Jersey behind you. So I have to ask you about it. The, your, your greatest moment in Muhlenberg men's <laughs> basketball history. Oh, my greatest moment. Oh, that's the list is not long. Um, I like to, uh, I like to joke, uh, my junior year, I was the, uh, I, I set the school record for worst free throw percentage in a single season, which is uh, a crowning achievement eight for 31. Um, pretty good. Um, uh, believe it or not, I used to be a good free throw shooter. I don't know what happened. Um, I guess my best personal game, and it's nice now because the team that we played is now like the number one team in the country. They did not, they were not. Uh, but my best, my best game was my junior year. I had, uh, at eight points, seven rebounds. Uh, that was my best game against Swarthmore. And, uh, the best part about it, as I mentioned, they, I think they were like three and 22 that year, but Greg, they are, uh, when the season ended last year at division three, they were the number one team in the country. So now I get to say we beat them. And I had eight and seven, um, but uh, you, went yeah, it was, uh, you know, eight, seven. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. So I uh, wasn't, uh, I did, certainly didn't have the most prolific college career. Uh, no thousand thousand club for me. I was in the hundred hundred club, but uh, it was fun. Kept me out of trouble. Um, you know, I was honored to be a captain my senior year and uh, we had one postseason award. Uh, it was an MVP. It was called the Players Player Award voted on by the team. And uh, I won that award. So it was pretty cool uh, to be a part of that. Um, you know, my final game was a pretty good one. We lost to a school called Franklin and Marshall in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. They went on to play in the final four that year. Uh, you know, play, had six and three, was on the court with my other three uh, seniors at the end of the game, which was pretty cool. So, uh, you know, l- walking off with a loss is never fun, but uh, uh, walking off on the court with all four uh, seniors together was was pretty cool moment there. So uh, I always remember that game quite a bit, even though it was a loss. I remember, you know, being in that gym, um, you know, losing in the conference tournament, but uh, being all four of us together was uh, was a memory I always remember. Hey, I, I always envy anyone who got to make the team as someone who twice had to watch the coach at Middletown South High School put the paper on the wall and my name uh-huh. wasn't on it. And that's how I ended up being the PA announcer for the high school team in basketball. If you're on the squad, uh, that's not too bad. So uh, good stuff there. Our final questions, Tim, before we let you go, are kind of what's good questions. First one, what's what's something you've done for yourself lately? It doesn't need to be work-related. Oh, something I've done for myself. Well, I did... Uh... <laughs> I did treat myself a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we uh, we moved out here to Las Vegas, and uh, when you walk into the house, there's a side yard. It's got a fireplace, and uh, it's got this big flat wall. And I've always wanted a multi TV setup. So uh, the price of TVs nowadays is very uh, very uh, uh, inexpensive. So I went out to Target, got a uh, got a nice Roku TV in addition with my old TV. Uh, so we've got I've got my uh, man cave outside so to speak so uh you know I, it's something i've always wanted to do and uh, the wife said all right you can go for it so we got a little two tv set up outside uh with the uh and it's it's worked out you know i've got a three-year-old son so uh, you know every once in a while um he'll watch uh, you know he'll watch disney plus on one tv and i'll have a football game on the other sitting there next to the fire so uh Perfect. yeah that is uh, that's certainly something i treated myself to recently Excellent setup. Excellent setup. Something you've done for someone else recently. Um, you know, this was pretty cool. Um, I uh, early on in the pandemic, when things were really uh, were, people were really struggling, um, there was uh, oh, man, I'm going to forget his name. He's a beat reporter for the Red Sox, Chris Cotillo. And uh, I don't know if anyone noticed this. He, he did something really neat. He, he's uh, had uh, memorabilia just stacked up for the years and years and years. And uh, he started auctioning it off and uh Basically, what he did was he said he would, uh, you know, he wouldn't he didn't want the money. He wanted to donate directly to a cause and then other people caught on. And uh, he was fortunate enough to uh, to uh, he's got like 60,000 followers. So he put up a couple pieces. I didn't have I'm not a big memorabilia guy, but I had a Grant Hill signed basketball and a couple other things. And, um, you know, and, and what I did was I. I I told the people, look, this is going to go right to the Maryland Food Bank. I will match whatever you guys uh, end up donating. So uh, I think we raised about, you know, nothing too crazy, but uh, a couple pieces of memorabilia. I think we got up to around, uh, t- in total, about $1,000, um, which was, which was, you know, I, I, look, I know whatever you can do to help whatever cause you think is, is necessary, but, uh, you know, not, not that it was for me, um, but you know, for Maryland food bank. And, and, and I just, I, I give him props for, for raising as much money as he did. So that was something that was, uh, was great. And look, you know, 
Grant Hill was my favorite player growing up, but if it can raise more money for people who needed it, especially in the midst of this pandemic, I was, I was all for giving away, uh, you know, a signed basketball. No, that's great. Uh, I had Grant Hill's shoes back in the day. I met him once and he apologized if my feet aren't feeling well all these years later. So um, <laughs> last thing, it's, it's been kind of a tough time for many. What's, what's your thing to unplug? What do, you, what do you laugh at, kind of turn to to unwind? Um, you know, I, I've really enjoyed, um, I mean, I've, I've always, my dog is seven, he's full of energy, but, uh, you know, uh, when I go, if I can get on a nice, you know, hour walk, um, at nighttime, you know, after my son goes to bed, um, it, it just is, it is a nice way to kind of unwind and, uh, whether I listen to a podcast or some sort of music, uh, I, yeah, I, it is um it's something that is nice and you know kind of walking around and especially out here with the shots of the strip or whatever it may be so uh that has been something i've 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 been doing for quite some time you know that those evening walks are a way for me to kind of separate and just uh just let my mind wander um so yeah i've been doing that for quite some time and especially you know during these nine plus months of of you know craziness uh, it is it is nice to just be by yourself with your thoughts and and uh, get a little exercise too. Oh, well done. Good stuff. And you got to take care of the mental health. Uh, Tim Murray, Beeson Live, my guys in the desert, 5 to 7 p.m. Uh, each night. Thanks so much for spending time with us. Good to catch up with you, my man. Hopefully we can see you again soon in person. Absolutely, G. Appreciate it, man.